This is Ein Yaakov. We are starting from entry Chof, Vav, and Perak Aleph, and we're going to talk once again, but this time in a little more detail, about the five people who were created perfect. There were Chamisha, excuse me, Tanur Rabban, Chamisha Nivro Me'en Dugma Shalmaila. There were five people who were created Me'en Dugma Shalmaila. They had a quality about them that was so perfect, it could have been from heaven itself. And it did not work out well for them. Every single one of them got smacked down by their own quality. We read this yesterday, we're just rereading it today to get us to where we got to go. Shimshon Bekeche. Shimshon was with his strength, and his strength was also his undoing. Shal Betavare. This is what we talked about the entire year yesterday. Shal had a big neck, and this was also his downfall. Avshalom Bisare. Avshalom had this amazing Amazing hair, very long hair, very strong hair. It was his downfall. He ended up hanging from it. Tzidkiyo be'enav. Tzidkiyo, we said yesterday, we're not sure exactly what his positive eye quality was. We quoted Amar Shah that said that maybe it was that he had really good eyesight because he could see in the dark. Anyway, he had great eyes and they ended up being his downfall. They were poked out. We said on Zion Marcheshran, people used to fast on the day that his eyes were poked out. Asa Badaglav. Asa, he was, he had amazing feet. We also have no source according to Rashi for the fact that he had amazing feet, but he ultimately had feet problems as we're going to see in a moment. Shimshin also was a king. Asa was, um, when did he live? I thought I had some notes on him. I do. He was king at the same time that Basha was king of Israel. I'm going to talk about him a little more in a second. I have a little background for you when we get there. Okay, let's hold, let's hold, the, hold the Asa. Shimshim Now the Gemara is going to prove what it's saying. Shimshim How do we know that Shimshim's strength was his downfall? Because at the moment that he needed it most, when he was going to fight the Pelishtim who came in to attack him after Delilah had alerted them to his presence, he needed his strength most at that moment and it failed him. His strength left him because she'd cut his hair. Shal with his neck. Shal ends up dying by his neck because the end of his life is not terribly well known by people who don't learn Nach. Shal more or less kills himself. There are, much, there are many Mepharshim that try to explain exactly how he killed himself. And some who in medical ethics halacha say that the reason he killed himself was because he was afraid of death and perhaps that's mutter, which uh, we're not paskening right now. We're certainly not doing a medical halacha share. But if you want to know how people even get into the discussion of physician assisted suicide, one of the ways they get in it is from the fact that Shal was fearing a terrible death and in exchange for that, gave himself a relatively quick death. In any event, Shaul fell on his own sword, uh, presumably on his neck. Avshalom b'sare, Avshalom with his hair, dixiv, yachazak reshe be'ela. Avshalom ended up being being harmed by his hair, which was so great, as it says in the Pasuk, that his hair got caught in a tree. We're going to read all about this in a second. We're rushing through this because these are all going to be unpacked by the Gemara itself in a moment. Tzidkiyo, of Tzidkiyo with his eyes, Tzidkiyo, because it says in the Pasuk, because Tzidkiyo, at the end of his life, his eyes were put out. What about Asa, King Asa, one of the kings of Judea? Tzidkiyo was one of the Davidic kings from the Davidic dynasty. Tzidkiyo, near the end of his life and his old age, his legs got sick. He had leg problems. Okay, now we're going to go into a little bit of detail on Asa's... Nice legs? Uh, Rashi says he doesn't know. So there's a Rashi that we looked at over here. Rashi says that with Asa and with Sidkiyo, I don't know how we know that they had nice things besides the fact that it's a tradition. Apparently there's a minig that he had great legs. I don't know, or that he could run really fast. There's a minute that there was something special about his legs. Bottom line, though, his legs didn't end up working out for him very well because as he, when he got old, his legs became sick. He got sick in his legs. Amarav Yoda, Amarav, Shachzai, Padagra. Rav Yoda says name of Rav. He got Padagra. Padagra is gout, that he had gout, which, by the way, is very kingly. Gout was known as the kingly disease because one of the things that causes it is eating too much meat. But in any event, he had Padagra, which is gout. Gout is incredibly painful. Want to know how I know? Um, well, first of all, I've had gout before. That's one of the ways I know. The second way I know is because there's a Gemara that says it's very painful. Can you tell me what Padagra feels like? Is it a good feeling? Is it like a minor illness? Is it real serious? What's Padagra like? What's, what's gout like? It's like putting a needle into raw flesh. It's like putting a needle into your flesh. That's what it feels like. Maniyada, how did you know? 
The one opinion is that he actually had gout at one point, and so he knew what it felt like. There's another opinion that he heard it from his rabbi. His rabbi knew about gout or had gout, so he knew how much it hurt. The other opinion is, Hashem told him, people who fear God, they know all sorts of secrets, and one of the secrets he knew is exactly what gout felt like without being told by his rabbi and without experiencing it himself. Daughter Shrava, we're going to move right along to the end of the paragraph, then we'll talk. Daughter Shrava, Rava gives a drasha. Why did Asa get in so much trouble? What did he do wrong? We know that his feet got hit. We know he got gout. We know it feels like machad v'vasar achai. But what did he do so wrong? Because he made Torah scholars work. He made Tamidei Chachamim work. And you know, that is the worst thing you can do. Take a Torah scholar and make him get a job. They're going after your feet. That's what it says here. Is that he made Angarev Tamidei Chachamim. He made Tamidei Chachamim get jobs. Shnemar. How do we know? It says in the Pazigam Melech Asa, Hishmias Kal Yoda, Ein Naki, that Asa recruited the entire Yehuda. Ein Naki. No one was free from this. My Ein Naki. What does it mean no one was free? My Shah says, given that we already said all of Yehuda, what does it mean that nobody got out of it? What's the drush in Ein Naki? He even made a chasen go. He even made a kala go. He, he made everybody get involved in work, including a chasen, a kala, and tamidei chacham. So a little bit of context on what they were working on. At the time that Asa was king, basically every every king from David Amalek's line was at some point or another fighting with the king from the Yisrael side. You know, the Israel and the Judea kingdom split uh, pretty early on, and those two kings were always fighting with each other. So Asa's uh, counterpart in the Israelite kingdom was Basha. Baasha. Baasha was the king in Israel, and he tried to set up fortifications at the border so that he could attack Asa, and so that Asa couldn't attack him back. So he went down to the border between Judea and Israel, and he set up these massive fortifications. Asa got real nervous, and he went over to Aram. Aram at the time was an ally with Baasha. He figured, I can buy out Aram, and he asked Aram, the guy, the Goyish nation, Aram, how much is Basha paying you? And Aram told him. He said, I'll double that. And Aram said, great, I'm on your side now. He said, well, you go attack them and knock down their wall. So Aram did exactly that. They attacked Basha and knocked down his wall. Asa said, I've got some great building materials sitting at my border. Why don't I drag them to my side of the line and build my own fortification so that I have protection and can attack Basha? And he did exactly that, but he needed someone to schlep the stones. So he recruited the entire Yehuda schlep the stones, including Chassan from his Chopa, including Akala, and including Tamidei Chachamim. So the thing that he did wrong was he asked Tamidei Chachamim to schlep stones. That's what he did wrong. That's how he got, that's how he got a leg problem. There's a fairly famous Joshua Saran. And the reason why, uh, the reason why I say it's fairly famous is because this Joshua Saran is not Dafka about our Sugya. This Joshua Saran talks about several Sugyas in, in Shas and Poskim and Torah and in Nevi'im and Ksuvim that are all equally confusing. And if you've never had this question before, you're going to have it starting now. Even if you don't like the Ran's answer, the question will plague you forever. It's such an incredible question. Says the Ran. You ever notice people keep on getting in trouble in the Torah and especially in the Gemara for things that are not Averas? You ever notice that? Where in the 613 commandments does it say you're not allowed to tire a Torah scholar to move a rock? Where, where in the Torah? He gives many examples. He says, I'll go through the whole list. If you look at, if you look at 90% of people who we know in stories in Torah and stories in Gemara get in trouble, like 90% of them didn't do an Isser in the 613. They didn't even do an Isser Dirabanan. You can't find what they violated in Shulchan Aruch just that they shouldn't have. Because it feels wrong. And they asked the Drashas Iran, how do people see, how do people seem to, seem to get in so much trouble for doing things that are not straight up Isurim? But where did these Isurim come from? How was he, how was he supposed rock. to, how was, hitting the rock, right? right. Then, then, so he told him not to do that specifically, but I don't know. There's, there's other things. The spies were never told they couldn't say things about Eretz Israel. You can just go to the, you can find Isurim, but the Drashas Iran's question, uh, the Drashas Iran says, uh, says, when we find out what Reuven actually did wrong, so we know that Reuven didn't literally sleep with his father, he moved the beds around. Where's that Isser? 
There's no Isser in moving beds around. Yeah. He asks about Reuben. He just goes through the list. He goes, I can find a bunch of people who had serious punishments they faced for things that were definitely not Usser. So ask the Drosh Saran, where, where did these engine come from? It's Drosh Saran, Drosh 7. And in there, he mentions Asa. That's why we're, that's why we're talking about it right now. He says, Asa, where's the Isser of making a Tamil move a rock? And he gives a klal. Uh, he gives a klal that's a beautiful answer. He says, if you look through all of these instances, you'll see an Indian of Bizayan of Terah of the Zion of terror, where terror is not being taken seriously, where God's not being taken seriously, where mitzvahs aren't being taken seriously, where the value of a Tamar Chacham learning halacha isn't being taken seriously. Hey, you can stop that for a minute and move a rock. Says the Drashas Haran, says the Ran, this is the Ran in his Drashas, says the Ran that when a person does an Aveda because they're Yetzahara, they do precisely one thing wrong and they get precisely one punishment and it's written in the Torah, right? A person, uh, they eat treif, they did one of it. Why do they eat treif? Because they wanted to very badly. So their punishment is that they get Malchus and that's prescribed in the Torah because they did one thing wrong because of one Yetzer and the result is one punishment. However, there is an undercurrent to the whole Torah which is, are you ready to devarash and bazar? Are you ready to disgrace the Torah? Are you ready to say that God's word means nothing to me? That is somebody who does any Aveda, not because the Yetzahara gets them, but because they just don't care, because they think it's not important, because they think that God's word doesn't matter. When someone does that, they're not just doing an Aveda, they're also undermining the structure of the Torah itself. The Ran says that in cases like that, we always see punishments and they pop up in places that aren't necessarily attached to Avedas. Whenever we see a bazillion of Torah itself, because they're undermining Torah itself. And the example he gives that really trumps all other examples is there's a clown, the Gemara shows it in many places, that anybody who violates any Isidurabanan, they deserve to die. Why? It's an Isidurabanan, says the Ran, because undermining what the rabbis say is a bazillion of Torah, and that's undermining the undercurrent of Torah itself, and that's far more serious than any other Avera. So he makes a he makes a case that all of these cases in the Torah where it looks like someone didn't deserve punishment, their real Aver was Bizayan de Torah. And of course, also we can see that very clearly. Asa said to a bunch of people sitting and learning, hey, take a break and go move some stones for me. That's a Bizayan of Torah. So that's the, uh, the Ran's answer. Is Bizayan of Torah to go against something that they write there? Um, no, not necessarily. He says, not because you're going against it, because usually the reason why you go against the Daraisa is because of Yetzirah. Usually it's Litayavan. Meaning, I don't mean any disrespect to God, I'm just about Taiva. Right? So somebody can love God so much and really care about God and really believe the Torah is true and really be afraid that they're going to get punished, but they need the shrimp. I don't know, but they need the pork. They need the Avera. People have a Yetzahara. A Yetzahara Avera is not ever as bad. The Teyavad's never as bad as the, as the undermining of Torah Avera, the Bizayan of Torah. So the Bizayan of Torah carries unique punishments that are not at all associated with the ones that come from simple Taiva. Yeah, I couldn't have imagined we would spend this much time on this topic. Um, but the next thing I want to go into, which is all Hasidus, I just don't think we have time for today. So it's already after 10 minutes. Let's, uh, let's do it tomorrow. Tomorrow, a preview of what we're going to do tomorrow, we're going to talk about the slope of Timna, that Timna was apparently on a slope, on a mountain slope. And we have several in Yanam and Hasidus from the Rebbe where he talks about how we all live on the slope that Timna lives on and how we have to make sure that we're climbing up the mountain at all times and never chas falling down. So that's tomorrow's shir, but for tonight we are done.